Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself have a wonderful discussion with Dr. James Molstry, the dean of our seminary. Please sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brian Rickey, and Dr. James Bolstery. <laughs> yes, welcome. Well, we're, it's exciting to have another uh, special guest on the podcast, and we're excited for a couple of good episodes. That's a lot of pressure to put on him, because yeah, right. we're certainly not up to that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we get to talk yeah. about uh, something that obviously we value in our confessions, the Augsburg Confession, and mm-hmm. uh, its application in pastoral ministry. So, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Molstry, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your ministry mm-hmm. at the seminary? Uh, I was uh, a graduate of the Free Lutheran Seminary. And was a pastor in Zumbrota, Minnesota for a couple of years, uh, Pittsburgh, Rutherford Lutheran Church in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for 17 years, and then four years at uh, Helmer, Illinois, mm-hmm. that uh, a church that uh, Pastor Bo knows very well. Yes, that was his home that's right. church. My home church. And yeah. uh, for the last three years, I've been at the Free Lutheran Seminary. And my focus here at the Free Lutheran Seminary is a program review. I focus on mentoring the seminarians, and then also I, I teach about seven, six to seven credits a semester also, for the most part, in uh, pastoral theology. Great. Yeah, and you know, it's hard to not ha- or have you here and not have any reference also to football and anything oh. like along those lines. Uh, you're a, a little celebrity, I guess, right? A little, <laughs> little, uh, this, uh, yeah, emphasize little. Little, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the most famous football player to come out of the AFLC. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, feels great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, good. And and so, yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us. And it's a privilege to have you here with us. And uh, this is really the start of a new segment in our podcast in, in mm-hmm. the arc of all of our material. And uh, we're jumping into talking about the Augsburg Confession. And so it's, it's fun mm-hmm. to have you here and to share your expertise with us as well. Um, any other introductory type thoughts, Jason? Uh, well, I think this is a good time to set it up. Why this is important for us, uh, because of our denominational distinctives, what sets uh, the AFLC, the Association of Free Lutheran Congregations, apart from other conservative mm-hmm. and even confessional Lutheran denominations is the differences in our confessional subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of touched on this in the previous couple of episodes where uh, uh, many of the conservative Lutheran denominations subscribe to the whole book of Concord. Mm-hmm. Um, that would, you know, you'd have LCMS and Wells, that's the Wisconsin Synod. Uh, the AALC is full confessional subscription. Um, and then from there, the the historic Scandinavian denominations, that would be us and the Lutheran Brethren, did not forget about them this time. Thank you, yes. (laughs) Um, Cousins. And we answered, that was uh, Keith Grindy's question Mm -hmm. on our final Q&A session. Feels like Keith has asked that. Two or three times. Yeah, well, it's 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 puzzling because uh, it it puts us somewhere in the mushy middle in yeah. the AFLC because we're looked at kind of with suspicion from our cousins in the yeah. more yeah. Uh, you know confessional, I guess in quotes, 
uh, denominations because we don't uh, require full confessional subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we want to be clear on what we confess and why we confess it. So this is starting... Uh, with this section in this series we're doing now on the Augsburg Confession and the Apology, the Augsburg Confession is one of the two uh, specifically Lutheran doc- uh, documents mm-hmm. that we subscribe to in the AFLC. And right. so we have the small catechism in the Augsburg Confession yeah. along with the three ecumenical creeds, which we haven't been as clear about in past episodes. Mm-hmm. So this is a great launching point for us to highlight denominational distinctives. And yeah. like we yeah. said a couple episodes ago, this is not to say that we reject the other documents mm-hmm. in the Book of Concord. And in fact, uh, many of our congregations have very, I would call it generic language, where it says we subscribe to the small catechism and the unaltered Augsburg Confession and other Lutheran documents or something like that. And so it's not a matter of <laughs> right. rejection. It's a matter of what we are holding our pastors and our yeah. congregations yep. to. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dr. Mostry, in your role, in your vocation, there, mm-hmm. there we go. We Ooh, got you said vocation. In your vocation as the, the dean of the seminary, um, how do you explain to people that are maybe curious about the seminary? You know, what's the what? What makes the AFLC distinct among other Lutheran groups? Uh, how would you flesh that out to somebody that would be coming to you asking that sort of question? We are we are distinct in our, our polity, and I'm sure you've probably dealt with that in other uh, podcasts also. And certainly, that's that's uh, one of the distinguishing marks of the AFLC, our, our polity, and that mm-hmm. we're, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking mm-hmm. uh, more about the the doctrinal uh, uh, distinctives. And when we think about the, when we think about the confessions, uh, I think it's first first and foremost we need to understand that what makes us Lutheran. Is is not necessarily um, is not necessarily the confessions, uh, although that's a big part of it. Uh, we subscribe to the inerrant Word of God mm-hmm. first and foremost, yeah. and we believe the confessions are a faithful exposition of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So we start we start with the Word of God. Now, I I don't I don't pretend to know what. Uh, other Lutheran groups, how, how they understand mm-hmm. God's word and, and and how they subscribe to God's word, but we believe that God's word is the inerrant, infallible word of God. Um, the Augsburg Confession, the small catechisms, are faithful expositions of mm-hmm. that word. Yep, good, and you know I think that that's a good, very great, great place to start too. Thinking of uh, sometimes people can get this impression that that we're elevating those Lutheran documents right. on par with scripture. And, uh, and so that the way you said it, I think is a very helpful way to think about the faithful exposition of, of scripture um, fleshed mm-hmm. out in that way. Um, good. Any, any I think it's addition? also just a wonderful summary of what the mm-hmm. Bible teaches. And mm-hmm. um, I think the, you know, obviously the confessions were birthed out of trying to explain, you know, Luther trying to explain to the Catholic church, you know what he was trying to fight for in this Reformation yeah. uh, aspect, but it's a, the, a, a wonderful, great tool. Especially, I use it in new members class. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a summary of what we believe the Bible mm-hmm. teaches, yeah, and this right. is what we believe teaching confess mm-hmm. as part of the AFLC. And that's what's beautiful—a beautiful tool, mm-hmm. you know, where you can kind of have this nice, beautifully laid out summary for people to see and say, "Okay, yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from." Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's important to clarify too, and I like the word you use, Brian, that it's it's a tool, it's a summary, but the danger in not having creeds and confessions mm-hmm. in general yeah, right. is that we end up making ourselves the lords over scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on our whim and our mm-hmm. fancy, the changing winds of culture or whatever you have, The uh, it, almost to a T, if you do a quick survey of the deeds, not creeds or no creed, mm-hmm. but Christ groups in American Christianity, mm-hmm. you find that there are more interpretations of scripture than there are actual Christians. So you say it's <laughs> kind of like the umpire of our church? Well, it, it, <laughs> it, it had to be a baseball reference yeah, in there somewhere. And what right. are you doing talking about baseball yeah, anyway? Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as polity yeah. is concerned, absolutely. Uh, we, we have to have something that governs what we're absolutely. doing. Yeah, uh, right. But but more than that, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it works as a buffer from puffing ourselves up with pride. And, it, you know, the... In in every other area, uh, innovation is a good word, but in the church, innovation is a really bad word. Like if we're we're being innovated, we're doing something that hasn't been done before. When it comes before. to interpretation, yeah, yeah. of scripture, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you 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 know you you really don't want to uh, kind of peacock your way into a room saying I just invented invented a brand new theology. That's <laughs> God not told a good look. me last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so the creeds and confessions uh, kind of work in that way to keep us from, you know, making ourselves the lords over scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason, that's a good point. I, in a previous conversation I had with a, with a former parishioner, she, a, a, a woman came to me who had been Lutheran, as far as I knew, Lutheran all of her life, baptized, confirmed in the church, um, married, and, and so on. She was teaching Sunday school, and she came to my office, and she said, uh, Pastor, I'm not a Lutheran. I said, oh, that, that's interesting. You're, you're not Lutheran. Why, why is that? She said, well, I don't believe that we should get into all of these doctrinal distinctives. And she said, basically, she said, I just believe in Jesus. And immediately, I mean, it, it sounds, and that sounds reasonable. When someone says, mm-hmm. I just believe in Jesus, why can't we all just come together and, and believe in Jesus? Uh, well, first of all, it's not Trinitarian because we believe in the Father, <laughs> yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, but, but second of all, um, the Bible is essentially about Jesus, is it not? Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. his, the redemptive history of God through yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in understanding Jesus, there's more to it. Is there not, Jason? Well, the mm-hmm. follow-up question to that is, is simple. <laughs> is, okay, what do you believe yeah. about yeah. Jesus? And, and which Jesus? And yeah. would the real yeah. Jesus please stand yeah. up? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, right. It, that's to co-opt one of the lines of thought from the epistle of James that he wrote is sure the demons also believe in God and they Mm -hmm. shudder and and not to accuse her of that, but, but an oversimplification of uh, belief is to breed false unity Mm -hmm. and, and it'll end up dividing at some point in time when we're all assuming we believe the same thing, but don't actually believe the same thing. And there, it, I think, this there's this erroneous kind of super pious thing that we say you know doctrine divides doctrine divides mm-hmm. and i think what they what they're misunderstanding is doctrine divides but it's by design because doctrine delineates mm-hmm. doctrine creates the boundaries that define kind of what group you identify with based on what you're confessing from scripture mm-hmm. yeah and and what i what i found and you 
Mm-hmm. You are all pastors. You've all been pastors for a number of years now. But what I have found with this sort of a doctrinal understanding, which is maybe doctrine light, is, is that you end up with a theology of glory mm-hmm. versus yeah. a theology yeah. of the cross. Martin Luther talked about the theology of the cross, theology of glory, and, mm-hmm. and perhaps you've talked about this on your podcast before. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and and um, what what I what I find happens then when when you have parishioners who are who are espousing some sort of theology of glory is they are almost always disappointed, mm-hmm. and at some point, they're angry at God mm-hmm. because God hasn't come through the way they thought yeah, that God should come right. through in a, in a theology of glory way. And when we, when we cling to the cross of Christ, when we realize what, what the theology of the cross is, and, and it's because 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that's the theology of the cross, perfection in weakness. And what often happens is that a, a, a theodicy, a, a, an answering the question of why is this happening? Why is God permitting evil? Rather than asking the proper question, not why, but where? Where is God? And if we ask that question, where is God, um, we find him. We find him in our suffering. We find him through Jesus Christ and the cross. Mm-hmm. And I like how the way you're framing this is it's a pastoral issue. Yes. Uh, it has uh, a huge, uh, the way we pastor has a huge impact on the the comfort that people have. I know, Jason, sometimes you talk about uh, assurance of salvation and vocation. Uh, we're definitely hitting on the assurance of salvation, uh, the, the comfort in that way. Um, and so I guess in thinking of of how pastors pastor and your mm-hmm. vocation of training pastors, um, how how do the creeds and confessions yeah. um, come into play in that in your curriculum at, at seminary and in um, training pastors? Yeah, thank you, think, you know, mm-hmm. really, there are three areas. There are really three areas. When we think about the creeds and pastoral training, uh, first of all, it's it's con- congregational, mm-hmm. and in the in the Free Lutheran Seminary, we emphasize the congregation, obviously. And so it's congregational in this sense. Uh, when a pastor uh, moves, uh, is called to a certain congregation, that congregation normally has in their in, in their documents uh, uh, the creeds that they that that they subscribe to. If that pastor, if the, the pastor that that leads the Free Lutheran Seminary is is not agreeing with those creeds that congregation has every right to hold him to preach and teach what those creeds mm-hmm. teach they have every right in mm-hmm. in within our polity of the AFLC to mm-hmm. do that and so we tell our we tell our pastors we tell our our seminary students that if you do not subscribe to these creeds that congregation can well, they can just let you go and go and, and move on to another <laughs> pastor because mm-hmm. because they have every right to demand that you preach that. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it. Would seem on the outside looking in, I think at first blush, that that would be something that's restrictive. Mm-hmm. But it's precisely the opposite. It's a freeing sort of thing for both the pastor and the congregation, mm-hmm. because on some level you're going into this relationship 
or this arrangement, knowing what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, and again, with these standards, we have scripture over and above everything else. And in these summary statements in the creeds and the confessions and in the documents that we hold our pastors to, now the congregations are holding our pastors to. But pastorally, if I just start there, mm-hmm. then, you know, for, for lack of a better term, and maybe there's something better, but you're kind of above reproach as far as content is, you know, mm-hmm. if there's if there's conflict or if there's an attack, you can say, this is who we are. This is mm-hmm. what we believe in. Mm-hmm. I can take you to that part, and this is what I've been called yeah. by this congregation to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and, it, and sometimes that gets tricky when maybe your constitution says certain, certain things about which creeds and which, uh, especially Lutheran documents, and then... Mm-hmm. The people, even though they're members of that church, they're not necessarily on board with with even that. And so that that puts you as a pastor in a tricky spot too. So we're kind of getting into that point where it's like that helpful tool for pastoral ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you guys present that at the seminary? How do you teach that? How do you teach that that the Augsburg Confession is really a very valuable tool for pastors? Well, yeah, so... There are three ways that the Augsburg Confession is is really understood for uh, pastors training in our seminary. First of all, as a congregational. Second of all, pastoral. It, it's mm-hmm. a pastoral uh, tool also in, in that um, it informs our doctrine. Not only not only is it uh, congregational, but it also is pastoral in that it informs the doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we understand God's word, so as we read God's word, we we don't under, understand. It's not like we have uh, the Bible in one hand and the <laughs> Augsburg Confession in the other hand, right? <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not comparing them. Now, how does this how does this work? How does this fit into the Augsburg Confession? We don't. We don't that's not yeah, what we mean yeah. by it. What we mean is that the Augsburg Confession is simply a faithful exposition of God's word, and and so as you read the Augsburg Confession, it's very simple. I mean, it's 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 a it's very straightforward. I I believe that the the doctrine of justification is like, was it two sentences maybe? Yeah, it's a, it's a surprisingly short article. <laughs> and, and the and, yeah. and the reason and the reason for that is um, that that uh, I don't know if you, you probably Ivor Olson, who was a former dean of the seminary of the Pre Lutheran Seminary. In fact, he was the very first dean. Uh, he talks about the histor- you know, the historical mm-hmm. background. He said it was really, it was really the Muslims that brought the Augsburg Confession to fruition, uh, because <laughs> the Muslims were on the door, you know, on the door yeah, of Eastern right. Europe at that time, mm-hmm. and Emperor Charles at that point wanted to unite the kingdoms, mm-hmm. and so the Augsburg Confession, the, the Diet at Augsburg, was was uh, uh, called by the emperor in order to find some common ground between mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant uh, and, and Lutheranism. Uh, and so the Augsburg Confession was written with that in mind. Uh, and, and that's why justification was only two lines long. Um, there wasn't much more to say about it, right? The article on good works, <laughs> several paragraphs long, yeah. several pages long, actually. <laughs> And why? Because that's where the great dispute was. Now, there certainly was a dispute over justification by faith, too. And, and in fact, in the, and in the apology yeah, that's to Augsburg, that's when, yeah, mm-hmm. in the apology, really. Uh, but with that, with that in mind, then, uh, pastorally, mm-hmm. uh, these confessions can inform our doctrine, then, in a very, in very simply. Uh, you, you want a simple understanding of mm-hmm. what we believe in justification? Certainly, you could look in 
book of Romans. You could read the yeah. book of Romans. That, yeah. yeah, that's justification. Romans but three. It, yeah. Romans three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you want to, if yeah. you want just a, a two lines that that sum up what we what we understand in justification by faith, mm-hmm. the Augsburg Confession has it for us. Mm-hmm. One, well, I mean, it's it's not an Augsburg Confession example, but mm-hmm. a few years ago, I had someone out of the blue approach me and and ask can you tell me what the Lutheran understanding of predestination is? <laughs> and you kind of go, can you give me a day? And like, yeah, 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 get back to me. And the first thing I did, knowing that there is an article yeah. in the formula of Concord on predestination, is I read that, and it's between the epitome and the solid declaration, it, mm. I had a list of Bible verses I could go mm. to. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and I mean, it yeah. really engineered a Bible study for me because yeah. I read the content, yep. then I read the verses that were quoted, and then I read the context of the verses, mm-hmm. and I was able to bounce back and say, here's where we stand on it with a lot more confidence than if I was just trying to cherry pick things off yeah, the top of my good. head. And I, and I think the same thing applies that when we were talking about the catechism, just how mm-hmm. that document is a, a distillation of biblical truth into a bite-sized form. Uh, the Augsburg Confession is still that, but on a little bit bigger scale yep. uh, for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we're going to continue this conversation, mm-hmm. but we're going to bring this uh, particular podcast to an end. And I know that you would normally ask me if I have a verse, and of course I <laughs> hey, do. Hey, Brian, Brian, do yeah. you have a verse? I do. All right. I do. As Paul was writing in Titus chapter 1 about uh, the qualifications of an overseer, as what we were talking about and some of the examples we talked about, I really thought this verse really applies. Uh, beginning in verse 7 of Titus chapter 1. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as was taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion with Dr. James Molstry about the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.